Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another podcast that doesn't have a name, but we do know it is all about the drivers. Eric Wesley here with you, along with Frank Carroll and Mike Kwiatkowski. Mike and Frank, how are you guys today? Oh, doing phenomenal. Doing phenomenal. Um, my hair got gray this week, Eric. I'll tell you, it got grayer this week. We've been, we've been working a lot. We've been working a lot on driver hiring and attrition and retention and you know, you know, we have the we have one of the we have the man today when it comes to Greyhound direct training, uh, Tom Schaefer. So, uh, but it's been a great week, busy week, a lot of fun week, and I'm glad to say we're making a lot of progress. So, looking forward to the podcast. Well, well Mike, they used to say brill cream, a little dab of do you for that gray. So if it got a little grayer, <laughs> to take care of that, you know. <laughs> Man, um, I think you just gave his age away by mentioning Brill Cream. <laughs> his age or my age, one of the two. That's right, one or the other. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to need a five-gallon bucket to cover up my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, you did mention we do have a great guest today, a person that has been a phenomenal driver for Greyhound. Tom Schaefer is with us, ladies and gentlemen. He and I used to be neighbors, so we got to know each other a little bit outside of work. Tom, welcome to our podcast today. My pleasure. We are glad to have you here today. We love talking to the drivers on this podcast because it is all about the drivers. And uh, we'll go through some questions today about uh, driver training, safety, customer service. But before we do that, Tom, we want to know a little bit about your background with Greyhound, uh, how you came about to be a Greyhound driver, how long you've been with the company. So if you can tell us a little bit about that. Well, I started with Continental Trailways in uh, April of 1987 and transitioned from Trailways over to Greyhound when the merger came about. And I was driving out of Tyler, Texas at the time. And when I transitioned from Tyler, I moved to Dallas. And in moving to Dallas, I became a driver training instructor in my second year, which was totally unheard of. But I was invited to drive to join driver training by John P. Rutherford, who was the safety director at that time. And he told me that uh, I was gifted when it came to training and, you know, uh, knowledge of buses and knowledge of driving situations. A second year, that's pretty amazing. It's like, um, that's like, that's kind of unheard of, right? Exactly. At that time, it was totally unheard of. But Yeah, John had a good I eye get, for talent, I guess. Yes, I gained the respect from the senior instructors in Tulsa, Oklahoma, when they sent me to uh, train the trainer there. And um, they saw a lot of potential in me. So I was taken under the wing of a couple of instructors at that time, uh, Charlie Waits and Zach Kidwell, who were the senior instructors. And they taught me quite a bit about driver training. And, you know, I just grew from there. And, you know, as of uh, this time, I've been an instructor here at Greyhound for 34 years of the 36 I've been here. Driver instructor, how important is that, that role to be a driver instructor for, um, for the drivers within the company? Well, you know, being a driver instructor, you know, it's a, it's a privilege, true enough. But really, to be a good instructor, you have to eat, breathe, and sleep training and safety. You have to be dedicated to the training program. You have to be able to not only instruct student drivers, but you have to be able to teach student drivers. 
And there's a difference in being an instructor and a teacher. Anyone can instruct a student driver to do A, B, C, and or D, but you have to be able to teach them the what, when, and how to do certain things. You have to teach them what to do, when to do it, how to do it, and why. You know, it's like if you're going to make a right turn somewhere, you can't just instruct that student to go make a right turn at the next intersection. You have to tell them how to position the bus, right. what to do when you get there. And that way, if they don't position the bus properly, they hit the curb. If they hit the curb, they have to know why they hit the curb. That's mm. the why. So, you know, it's it's really, you know, have to to really take your time with all student drivers. Yes, instructors has to be patient, true enough, but it's all about teaching them everything that you know as an instructor. Hey, Tom, on the why part, I mean, that's something I'm really kind of big on. Frank and I talk about that a lot is people need to know why, you know, why we're why we're in company, why we're a company, why we care about our customers, why we take safety so importantly or so seriously. When it comes to the why, with, do you teach that to them first or is that kind of like you teach it to them afterwards? Well, it goes right along with the what, the when. Okay, so it's all it's all tied together is what I'm hearing. It's all tied together. You have to teach them what to do, when to do it, and why you do certain things. Because you can tell them all day long to do something, but you have to tell them why they're doing it. Right. Yeah, the why to because, me is really important too a lot of times. Yeah, you don't tell them why. If they make a mistake, they may make that same mistake over and over and over. But you have to tell them why they made the mistake. And this is what you need to do in order to correct that mistake and to not to continue to make that same mistake over and over and over again. Yeah, when I played football, I used to jump off sides a lot. Yeah. Like the coach but, used to tell know, me, and he's telling me, why do you keep doing that? Because I can't count to three, but that wasn't really the case. But You know, years ago, Mike, uh, there was a gentleman that I used to do schools with out in uh, Reno, Nevada. His name was Willie Owens, one of the best. Uh, school directors that we ever had. He pulled me aside one day and he told me, he said, Tom, he said, you know, anyone can be an instructor. He said, but you have to be a teacher. And that's where I got this what, when, how, and why from. He said, you have to be able to teach students. You have to be able to teach them. See, because Mike, when I'm doing training, I talk quite a bit. But when I sure. when yeah. I'm talking, teaching. Now, this is what I told student drivers I had yesterday. Yes, of course, I talk quite a bit. But see, if you're going to be an instructor, you can't just sit there in the front seat and instruct a student to do a certain thing. Mm -hmm. You know, some instructors instruct the student and they grade them according to how they drive. You can't do that. You have to teach them. And when you're talking to them and pointing out things and let them see it, while it's happening, then they will know. They can learn that way. You got to really get it down to the root cause. I mean, you kind of have to peel exactly. it. It sounds like you have to get it, peel it back a few layers to get to the, the why. It. Right. And see, when you, when you talk to them, they're listening to it, and they are seeing exactly what you're saying. And when they see it, they really get it. One of the things I think we have to do, too, as, as uh, you know, in training, 
have mm-hmm. to make sure that all of the instructors are on the same page. We have to know that they know the what, when, how, and why to do certain things. And that way, if they know it, they can then teach that to the student mm-hmm. instead of sitting there and observing the student and grading them accordingly. Yeah, we've always talked so about re, you know, re, uh, having, I guess, instructors get recertified every couple of years. Sure. So that, right? Is that a good idea or a bad idea? Very good idea. Now, I've been invited by Jennifer that runs the school here in Dallas. She has invited me to come out to the school to somewhat evaluate uh, the new instructors that we have. Because we have a few new instructors that this is their first or second time, you know, uh, being in the school. You mm-hmm. know what? If you have someone like myself, and I'm not saying that I'm the best, but if you have someone like myself that can come, go to the school, get on the skill course, see what the, the instructors are, are teaching on the skill course, get on the bus with them and just observe what they are teaching the student. And then if you see something that should be done that's not being done, then you take it to the instructor and tell them, okay, this is what you need to do in order to get into the student's head to see to it that they get the right information. So when they get out there by themselves, they will know what they're doing. Right. They'll be confident in what they're doing. I got a question. If This is my own personal driving question. So I'm on a three-lane highway. Should I be on the right lane, the middle lane, or the left lane to be the safest? The right, the right outside lane is the safest lane that you can be in on a three-lane freeway. Simply because, now some drivers, I ask the question, when they get onto a freeway, it's just like going out, out of Dallas here on 45. There's three lanes out there on 45 once you get out past uh, MLK or 175. Right. Once it goes three lanes, you need to move to the right outside lane. Because Is that the middle lane it, or, the, or, the, or the right right lane? Right. The right right lane. The right right lane. Because okay. The center lane, you're boxed in between vehicles passing you on the right and left. You're having to read right mirror, left mirror, right mirror, left mirror continuously. But if you were moving to the right outside lane, you can read the two left lanes with one mirror. Less stress. But you're not worried about the about guy it. coming up on that inch on that on that on ramp that's coming up on the on ramp, and I'm always that's worried about that read, guy. That's why you read the on ramps before you get to them. You don't wait until you get to a a, a ramp to where someone is merging on. You read right. the service road, read the the uh, traffic light on the service road. If there's a traffic light on the service road, read that and you'll see. It's just like going underneath an overpass. Eight out of every 10 overpasses that you go under, there's an on-ramp on the other side of it. So you read it before you get there. Hmm. Didn't know you that. See whether there's it. If there's nothing coming, then you once you go underneath the bridge, look to your right. You will see whether or not there's anyone coming to get on. Then you make adjustments. But if you're in the center lane, you're you're boxed in. Say, for instance, that if you're in the center lane on a on a on a freeway like that, and mm-hmm. someone has an accident and hit the retainer wall on the left, that they're in the left inside lane. When they hit the retainer wall and bounce off of the wall, which direction are they coming? They're coming right at you, they're, more than likely. You. But now, if you're in the right outside lane and that accident occurs, because your escape route is the shoulder, which is on your right. Mm-hmm. But if you're in the center lane and an accident like that happens, that vehicle bounces off the wall. Your first initial reaction is to get out of that person's way. 
But you have a lane on the side of you that potentially have cars. You have people on your left side. So where are you going? You're, you're unnecessarily boxed in. Well, I tell you one thing, and every time I talk with Tom, I get a different perspective on how difficult and I guess forward thinking you have to be to be a great driver. I mean, you kind of have to be, at least when I played sports, they call it having your head on a swivel, having your eyes peeled, you know, looking for those potential risk situations before they happen. Mike, that's the very thing that I tell these student drivers. You have to have your head on a swivel the whole entire time that you're behind the wheel because you can't miss anything. You have to right. continuously, when you drop your thought process for any amount of time, you're going to make a mistake or something is going to happen around you that you're not going to see. Now, I, I tell the student drivers as well, I know how I drive. You know how you drive. But do you know how everyone else around you drive? No, you don't. <laughs> that's why you have to drive for self, everybody that's out there, and the people that are behind you. The passengers is who I'm talking about. Well, everyone, this brings part one of the conversation with operator Tom Schaefer to a close. But be sure to tune back in next week when we pick back up the conversation as he talks about driver safety and customer service. Thank you for tuning in this week to the podcast that has no name, but we do know it is all about the driver.